What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders post-game show. We're talking about a Lakers playoff win on the road. First time we've been able to uh, really ever do that because uh, all the playoff wins last year were in the bubble. So uh, this time the Lakers send home a Phoenix crowd very disappointed. You just hate to see something like that. But um, I'm your host, Gary Ketzer, here with you. as. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me as always is my good pal, Hani Amadi. And Hani, could you just imagine being down 0-2 in a first-round playoff series? No, is that is that a thing that happens? Is that possible for for a basketball team, a professional basketball team, to go down 0-2 in a, in a first-round series? Especially a basketball team that plays in Los Angeles? Yeah, or one that's favored in the series. And I don't oh. think I've ever heard of anything like that. One, one that handpicked the, their series matchup by deliberately losing the last two games. I mean, I can't Man. think of something like that happening. That would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? If if you tanked out of uh, out of a matchup to to play the team that is now punking you on the road. Wow, that'd be I could never I could I could never think of that happening. Uh, that yeah. would be a cool prank. Yeah, be a great prank if you ever did that, but. <laughs> oh man it's all good fun a lot of long way to go long way to go long way. nba comp to being down 0-2 the clippers there's your nba comp uh yeah man what a night what a night for lakers fans obviously we're gonna talk uh lakers suns game two lakers win 109 102 some big big plays from the from the Two LA superstars. Uh, Dennis Schroeder played really well in this game. We're going to talk all about it. Just a great day overall for Lakers fans. First, we got to see the Celtics get absolutely demolished. And then we saw the Lakers come through with a big win. Uh, it got very tight. Uh, and I think Hani and I lost a couple years off of our lives. Um, but we get the win. So maybe we gained it back by doing that. Uh, I think we, we gained it back because we got to see an Alex Crusoe dunk. I feel like every Laker fan Absolutely. gains like two or three years on their life every time that happens. So, um, especially yes. a, especially a clutch one, and then the Clippers lose uh, to the Mavs and now have to go to Dallas down 0-2. So, uh, just a great night, just a great Tuesday night. More Tuesday nights should be like this, and uh, yeah, life is good. But but don't be worried though. Paul George is still not concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Listen, it's not championship or bust, right? That's not, not that's right. Covers. That's right. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna save I'm gonna save my jokes for you know an official Clippers elimination, but I, I, we're gonna get we're gonna get some in because I mean you you tempt the basketball gods and I mean the basketball gods see everything, so it's true. It's true. Don't, don't tempt them. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this Lakers game, uh, man. Lakers uh, led throughout most of this game. Uh, the Suns came storming back in the fourth quarter, got their first lead. I think their first lead since it was like 12 to 11 um, in the first quarter. Suns really rode some momentum that they uh, they closed out the third strong, carried it over into the fourth, and uh, made some some big threes that really got them right back in the game. And then that crowd was was buzzing. But the Lakers showed some championship fortitude, maintained their composure, and made uh made some big big plays down the stretch of that game to to pull out a huge win and go back to to LA with the with the split that they needed. Yeah, it was um it was kind of the the sort of game that we were expecting um to to see from them after uh 
the you know the lackluster game that they had. I thought they fixed a lot of the issues that they had in that first game. Um, like just off the top of my head, the transition defense that was awful. While their transition offense wasn't wasn't really getting out, um, they weren't getting much out of that. This game, they, they uh, had a fifteen to four fast break advantage. Um, the rebounding edge this game they had eight offensive rebounds, um, and, and the Suns only had four. I think in the first half they only had one. The Suns did. Um, so a lot of those minor things that they fixed, but the big story is obviously that um, LeBron James and in particular Anthony Davis actually showed up um, and had big games. And this was a game where they didn't get a, a, a whole lot of help. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder and Andre Drummond played well, but besides them, the rest of the Lakers role players really did not contribute much offensively. Um, but the, the, you know, they, they played good enough defense again um, in two straight games of, of holding the Suns to, to a pretty low point total um, and then just got enough from their stars down the stretch. And that's usually what playoff games come down to. You know, a guy like LeBron and a guy like AD should be able to um, carry a team uh, at a in a position where it felt like they were about to blow this game and go down 0-2. Um, it, it was very much coming down to that, but um, you know, AD makes a couple of big defensive uh, uh, plays and then hits that big three. LeBron hits that crazy uh, fadeaway, another three, um, and all of a sudden the, the you know the Lakers go on that seven zero run, um, which you know obviously we're just talking about the Stars having a, a big um, big stretch there, but also it, it kind of came down to AD playing at the five in that uh, in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vogel going to what should be the Lakers bread and butter at, at, at the end of games is Anthony Davis playing the five um, and it paid dividends right away. They went on a seven zero run immediately and that was basically the end of the game. Yeah, it was it was 93 to 92 with three minutes to go in the game and the Lakers closed out uh, really strong, you know, with a big, big run to end and did so with their defense. I thought <clears throat> with that, the fourth quarter, they were really struggling defensively uh, against Phoenix. Phoenix felt like they were scoring just about every time down to start that fourth quarter, like the first half of the fourth quarter. And the Lakers just – they cranked it up from that in those last three minutes. Anthony Davis, you know, first half was kind of tricky for him because he picked up those two fouls right away and kind of had to be careful. He did still stay on the court for, for a large portion of that first half. But you could tell there were some buckets he had to just kind of concede uh, to, to eight and around the basket just to not pick up a third foul. And, you know, that kind of limits what you can do offensively, right? Because you have to be aware of, of guys trying to draw charges on you and stuff like that. So I thought AD did a great job navigating this game. I think there were still some times that he settled a little too much for, for the jumper, but uh, made some big, big jumpers in this game. Had two threes they made in the second half, and, and one of them put the Lakers up by six uh, late in the game. Um, so yeah, big, big bounce back game from Anthony Davis in the fourth quarter, especially I think defensively, cause he still, I think had just the two fouls, uh, going into that stretch or maybe it was just three, but he wasn't no longer in foul trouble. And I think that kind of changed his mentality yeah. and, and his aggressiveness, aggressiveness defensively. And I think it just, it, it took the, the Lakers defense to a new, uh, a new level that that Suns team hadn't quite seen yet in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, um, this Lakers team, even more so than last year, I feel like really has to do it on the defensive end. I just don't think they quite have the firepower to to really stick with teams if it turns into a shootout, um, especially with their stars still sort of 
uh, you know, getting their form back after coming back from injuries. So um, I think last game, I think their defense was overall pretty good, but there were a lot of issues um, that they couldn't correct uh, over the course of just that game. Mm-hmm. You know, the transition defense that we talked about, there were those late switches, which were um, either giving the Suns guards a, uh, space pretty close to the basket or leading to Aiton having uh, rebounding opportunities against the guard. Um, that stuff didn't really happen as much. I think they, the Lakers still struggled at times with their pick and roll defense and it was leading to Aiton still having another pretty good game uh, of just kind of making himself available near the basket and it felt like every shot that, that he took was basically a, um, a dunk other than the, the the one that AD blocked um, or the one that Caruso blocked as well. Mm-hmm. Um but overlap a, a team as good as the the Suns are on every possession. But uh, overall, the Lakers' defense was really, really suffocating, and there were some possessions where you could just see them really go after these guys and hound them. Um, I think that the the play that that really kind of stuck out to me was the one where AD picked up his second foul. It was kind of a cheap foul to pick up um, because they the the Lakers as a team just had the Suns playing really clumsy on that possession. They couldn't hold on to the ball at all. And, and Dario Sarch was the guy that ended up with it. And he was kind of dribbling across the floor and, and losing his handle. And all of a sudden, he just kind of got tripped up and they called the foul on AD. But it, it really only happened because of, of great defense. And it was just kind of an unlucky um, play that ended up with AD getting the foul. Um, but that sort of that that sort of play was really setting the tone tonight, I thought. Um, and especially in the first half, they were able to use that sort of aggressiveness to, to create a lot of turnovers that the Suns don't usually give up. I think they, they have like five turnovers in the first five minutes, um, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that helps the Lakers. Like they, they struggle scoring in the half court right now. So if, if they can get those turnovers and push the pace, um, even if they don't get a bucket in transition uh, on those sort of plays, it's at least leading to cross match it, uh, matches and, and, you know, maybe AD gets a deep seal on a guy like Jay Crowder like he did early on and, and just drawing the foul. It's a play that doesn't lead to, to points right away, but it's a valuable foul to uh, draw on a guy that, that has kind of bothered him and LeBron at times this series. Um so those those little small details, I thought the Lakers did a great job of correcting in this game, and I think that's ultimately, you know, on top of just AD having a much better game and being aggressive and getting to the basket and drawing, I think he had 21 free throw attempts, uh, which was the most by a Lakers since uh, Kobe in 08. Um, other than that, which is obviously a huge thing, but but those small details are what keeps the Lakers in a game long enough for AD to then be able to take over down the stretch or LeBron to be able to take over down the stretch. Yeah, hundred percent. And LeBron's, uh, LeBron's shot making in this game was, was pretty, uh, pretty absurd. The, the di- yeah. level of difficulty on some of the shots that he made, uh, I mean, there were just some, you couldn't play better defense on and he just hit great shots and, uh, really bailed the Lakers out of some possession. So the Lakers superstars definitely showed up and, and I felt like LeBron almost kind of was just kind of feeling out the game for a large portion of it. And it seemed like he was almost kind of saving himself a little bit for when the Lakers really needed it the most and came up with some yeah. really, really big shots um, and hit kind of the dagger three that really kind of sealed the deal, even though Devin Booker got about 38 free throws in the last minute and a half. But, um, yeah, it's – I mean, th- that's why, you know, those are your, your leaders, right? AD and LeBron, mm-hmm. to you pay those guys, you know, max contracts to – 
to not only get you there, but then, you know, make those plays in those moments. And, um, you know, a lot of times in playoff games, role players got to step up in big moments. But, I mean, your, your superstars are the ones that have to initiate all that. And, uh, you know, when it came to, to the clutch moments, I mean, it was mostly LeBron and AD. But, uh, hey, the Lakers got a lot more help elsewhere uh, outside those guys. And I, I don't remember if I said this in, in the game one post game show or not, but it just feels like this team's effort level kind of hinges. It almost hinges on AD, right? When he's more engaged and he's more focused, it just seems like the team follows him. Um, and yeah. we, I think we saw that tonight, especially defensively. You know, I, I felt like this team could still actually play much better defense than what we saw. I thought there was a lot of times where they had breakdowns that led to Aiton getting a lot of shots at the rim, and um, Cameron Payne had a couple of straight-line drives with no nobody rotating over. Uh, so they still had a number of breakdowns, but I think, I mean, overall, it was obviously much better than what we saw in Game 1, where I think Phoenix probably missed a lot of very makeable looks. Um, but... You know, even with the Lakers not really shooting that well uh, overall in this game, I mean, shot 45%, 10 of 33 from the three-point line, uh, so not great. They did do a much better job with their free throws, 27 of 31. They didn't leave a ton of points uh, kind of off the board there. Uh, but the, the superstars showed up big when they needed it most. Anthony Davis bounces back with 34 points, 10 boards, 7 assists, and 3 blocks. Uh, also only had the one turnover, which is good. LeBron with 23 points, 9 assists, 4 boards, uh, 9 of 16 shooting. And like I said, some very timely buckets. But let's talk about two role players that stepped up big for the Lakers today. I mentioned Dennis Schroeder played really, really well in this game and gave the Lakers that third option on offense and really looked like that guy that we've seen uh, at times earlier this year that could be that third uh, that third guy that provides a ton of offensive support and just was, was shredding the Suns. Uh, for stretches uh, attacking the basket and he you know got a couple threes to go as well and offensively he was really good and shout out to Andre Drummond man I mean as much as Lakers Twitter likes to go out of their way and basically you know skate label him the scapegoat anytime they lose even when you know there's certain things that aren't his fault um, it's almost like that people have made up their minds not to like the guy and look for confirmation bias a lot in in some of these games uh Today, he was really good, man. He was really good. 15 points, 12 boards. He made an impact right away on, on the glass. I think he had, uh, I think he had like five or five or maybe seven rebounds, like in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, like, was just yeah. racking him up, um, but made seven of his 11 shots. You know, just did, did his job, did his job in this game and, um, you know, did did all you can really ask for, and gave the Lakers uh, a fourth guy in double figures, um, especially on a night that KCP didn't have the shot going. The the bench didn't provide really a ton of scoring. Marcus had six, Crusoe had four, Kuzma had two, and Taylor Horton Tucker had one. I mean, that was it. So, um, yeah. you know, when the Lakers needed some other guys to step up, Dennis Schroeder and, and Andre Drummond certainly brought it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Drummond kind of strikes me as an extreme uh, of a player that really needs um, an early confidence boost to really perform well. And not to say that he was bad in game one, because I don't think he was. I think um, his limitations were more clear in in game one, and I think it led to other players around him playing poorly. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he had necessarily a bad game. Um, But this game, I think he came out early. He had a a nice defensive possession early where he had that steal when they were trying to lob it up to to DeAndre Ayton um, and then got those rebounding uh, possessions, like you said, um, and then started getting some of those shots to go. You know, one of the 
the very clear um, struggles that Drummond has had all season, even before he got to the Lakers, is that he doesn't really finish around the rim very well for a big guy. Um, I think he was uh, sub 50% before he joined the Lakers. Um, but today he, he had some great, nice touches uh, around the basket and got a lot of those plays. Got one of the misses that he had was just a very unlucky one that like rolled out. Um, he had a nice little running hook. It was, it was yeah, well, yeah. Really nice Reggie show. Miller was comparing him to, to Kareem live on air. <laughs> Even I did not feel bold enough to do that. And I did that with freaking Damian Jones earlier this year. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, if he gets those sort of early confidence boosts, you can see the sort of value he can have for this team, especially considering their uh, offense struggles. Getting those extra possessions is, is amazing. And today he had five offensive rebounds and two steals. So, some of those offensive rebounds came on the same possession, I believe. But uh, on a, in a regular game, that would be seven extra possessions. And in a playoff game, seven possessions is very much mm-hmm. uh, going to be something that, that can uh, change a win to a loss or, or vice versa. So, um, yeah, I thought he was huge, especially early on. Uh, and I think Frank Vogel did a, a good job of, one, putting him in lineups where he could succeed, and two, having that short leash when it felt like later uh, in the game when when uh, he was put in a position where he wasn't performing as well, or at least the team wasn't performing well with him, that he pulled him out, put Marcus all in, and then put AD in. Um, I thought he did a really good job with that. Um, and then as far as Dennis Schroeder goes, uh, I think once he came back in the second quarter all the way through the end of the game, I loved how he played. He was mm-hmm. incredibly aggressive. Um, they really needed that because, you know, as, as much as we talked about LeBron having a, uh, you know, a superstar sort of game, there were very long stretches in this game where he did it. And that was a very strange game from LeBron because his shot making was incredible. Um, and his defense, I thought, was much better than in game one. But he was not really attacking the basket after right. the first quarter. Um, and they really needed that. There were some stretches where the Lakers offense was sputtering because nobody was getting into the paint. And Dennis Schroeder came along and, and drew some fouls. Um, he had the play where, where he drove baseline and then dumped it off for AD for a dunk. Those sort of uh, plays really, really matter. And, and he was sort of a, a, a calming force, which is um, a little bit unlike Shooter because he's a, more of a chaotic sort of player, in my opinion, is that you know he has extreme highs and extreme lows. Um, but he was very stable um, from that second quarter onwards to me, uh, somebody that you could give the ball to when the offense was sputtering and he could try to uh, come up with something. And obviously the threes are huge too, because the Lakers right now are struggling to shoot um, threes. So, so getting a couple of catch and shoot threes from him was, was huge. Yeah. And you talk, you talked about Drummond creating like extra possessions with his offensive rebounds. He had five offensive rebounds in this game. Um, I mean, when you look at just kind of the box score, like a lot of the shooting percentages were very even, uh, the Lakers shot 45%, Suns shot 46%, three-pointers, both teams shot 30%, free throws 93% to 87%. Uh, free throws were one uh, one free throw attempt difference in favor of the Lakers, three-pointers. Lakers made two more threes. Uh, a, a big thing that jumps out, though, is, A, those you know extra possessions that you create by, by getting offensive rebounds. Lakers had 80 shot attempts to the Suns 71 Um I made three more uh, shot attempts overall for the game. But the turnovers, the Lakers only committed s- seven turnovers in this game and forced 13 yeah. for the Suns. Um, a lot of the, you know, a, a good portion of those came early, but the Lakers were able to utilize the, those turnovers and 
really turn the turn defense into offense. And th- this team, when they get out and run, man, on the break, uh, especially with Anthony Davis out there, just because there's not many bigs in the league that can run with that guy. Um, when you get LeBron and AD and then whoever out on the break, it's just a nightmare for teams to, to cover. Um, but that's the thing that kind of jumps out to me because you, you've highlighted it a couple times that the Suns were one of the best teams in the league at not turning the basketball over this season, and the Lakers basically turned them over twice as many times as they turned it over. I think if the Lakers are able to do that, uh, it, it's going to be very difficult for Phoenix to beat them. Yeah, um, and more importantly than even getting the turnovers, points off turnovers, 21 for the Lakers tonight, 5 for the Suns. So it, it was uh, a factor of not only um, of turning the ball over, but then being able to go back and score, whether it was in transition, uh, you know, the 15 pass break points that we talked about, or uh, then playing against the defense that isn't quite as set and, and having those mismatches that you can go at. Um, and, and scoring that way. And then, like I said, the, the transition defense as well um, of making sure that the Suns weren't able to, to hurt them on the few turnovers that they did have, it's huge. Um, and I think um, going into the, the series, it wasn't it was on my mind a little bit because the Suns don't turn the ball over and because the Lakers love to run fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think it was going to matter quite as much just because um, I was a little bit more confident in, in the superstars showing up um, right away. And because it took a little bit longer for that to happen, I think that now, you know, sort of readjusting and recalibrating, I think that is a huge key for this series. I think, you know, on any given day, if the Lakers can uh, win that turnover battle, especially by, by a decent margin like they did today. Um, and, and let's be clear, like 13 turnovers is not really huge uh, in, in an NBA game. Um, so it's not like they were forcing the, the Suns to throw the ball away over and over again. But right. In a playoff game, when, when uh, one, the pace slows down, generally speaking, and every possession is, is so important because they're, they're so limited, um, you know, even even a, a six turnover difference obviously had a huge uh, impact given the, the points off turnover stats that I just read off as well. So, yeah, I, I think that's turned into a, a really huge key for the Lakers getting back into the series and um Hopefully, it's something that they can keep uh, keep stressing and, and keep uh, impacting in, in the future games because I, I think that is a very very positive way for them to to win the series. Yeah, I mean, seven turnovers is is great because we've seen this team go through some rough, just brutal stretches offensively this year, uh, where they turn the ball over, they don't get shot attempts, or if they do, they get bad shots. And I think two of them were just them basically being too unselfish. Um, and passing up some looks and getting two shot clock violations in the second half. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the thing with, with the offense was they did go through some stretches tonight where they just couldn't seem to make shots. But at least, I mean, they're getting shot attempts. And it's, you know, it's a make or miss league if you can get shot attempts. And I think the Lakers still generated – it was kind of like, like game one. We said the Lakers forced poorly as they played. They also just missed a lot of very makeable looks and pretty good looks at the basket. thought they missed a lot of good looks tonight, but their defense was just miles better tonight than, than what we saw in game one. And, and that's what it's going to come down to with this team is that, you know, the offense, I think at this point, it kind of is what it is. They're going to have some games where they actually, you know, they hit these shots – you know, I think the the last regular season game, uh, regular season meeting with the Suns was an example. The Lakers shot ex- very well in that game, uh, hit a lot of threes, and uh, just offensively, it was a great game for them. So they're yeah. going to still have games like that, but it, their defense 
can if their defense can be solid and consistent this way because we know that this team can defend at a high level and perhaps maybe at a level uh, most of most if not the rest of the league uh, just can't touch defensively and you know if if they just play solid on that end of the floor it'll feed enough into their offense that I have confidence that they'll be able to score enough to beat teams and um, and and beat any team four out of seven times uh, so it, it always starts on defense for the Lakers and you know I I'm proud of how they played defensively in this game, given the fact that Anthony Davis had to go basically the whole first half, you know, trying not to pick up a third foul. You know, when your defensive anchor can't really uh, be his normal self on defense and you still did a pretty damn good job, um, that's, uh, you know, that's a testament to how the group did uh, defensively tonight. And, um, you know, they, they didn't finish – the the one the one th- issue I had with the Lakers tonight was not finishing quarters. I thought they all three times they basically let the Suns kind of off the hook when they put together good runs to build double digit leads um, going into like the last couple minutes of each quarter, and then the, they let yeah. the Suns kind of reel them back in and, and build some momentum going into the next quarter. Um, they closed the fourth quarter tonight, man, and that was that was the thing is like if you could give me one quarter for them to actually close out give me the fourth quarter and and they they did it in a big way so um shout out to this team and you know i was very critical of anthony davis after the last game and uh credit to him despite the foul trouble uh you know i don't think it was like an a plus game from anthony davis but i mean it was a damn good game and it was a great response to probably a lot of criticism he's had to hear over the last 48 hours or so yeah, absolutely. I think that is probably the most promising and, and um, optimistic thing about this game is that, like you said, I don't think Anthony Davis was perfect. He very much was not an A-plus game. There were long stretches in this game where he did again resort to sort of the, the jump shooting and settling, and, and um, obviously the shot wasn't going for, for um, some parts. He obviously had a, had a really big one uh, at the end, but... Um, did not look like last year's playoff AD where he was just drilling jumper after jumper. Um, LeBron also, again, not an A-plus game. Uh, he had big shots when it mattered, but long stretches where he kind of seemed out of the game, wasn't really involved in the offense. Um, and then the role players, you know, obviously you got big games from Drummond and Schroeder that might not happen every game, but KCP goes scoreless. Kyle Kuzma only has two points. Uh, that's two straight games where he struggled. Um, uh, Alex Crusoe, I think, uh, only had, I don't know if he had two points, just a dunk at the end, or, or if he had another bucket. He had, he had four points. Four points. Mm-hmm. Um, THT kind of looked lost out there. I, I kind of don't think he's going to get much playing time the rest of the series. Uh, Wesley Matthews missed like the only three that I can remember him taking, maybe two threes that, that he missed. Um, yeah, he had one at the end of a quarter that basically he just had to throw it up and it wasn't yeah. close. But then he, yeah, yeah. he missed a, a regular three point attempt. Yeah. Uh, and Marcus all contributed, but wasn't perfect either. Um, I think defensively, he kind of struggled a little bit, but he did again hit, hit some huge shots as well. Yeah. Um, but overall, the the role players did not really contribute a whole lot to this game, and it's pretty impressive that uh, the bulk of the the Lakers scoring came from four players, um, and they were still able to get this win. And now they're going to LA at Staples Center, where theoretically and, and historically, role players tend to play better. Um, at home uh you can kind of see the impact that that the suns fans had on on a lot of their role players like cameron Payne was just loving uh, uh the fan support after every shot which was 
as annoying as it was, it was also kind of awesome to watch because he was just feeding off that energy. And it's promising to think of, you know, a guy like KCP who struggled in these first two games, uh, who LeBron was basically uh, lovingly yelling at uh, during one of those timeouts Mm -hmm. to to shoot the damn ball um, and stop passing up shots. Now he goes to Staples Center where he's more comfortable. You know, not going to predict anything, but theoretically that's that's a game where he can kind of start getting a, uh, getting something going the same thing with a guy like kuzma or caruso or uh wes or whoever um they should be able to get more contributions from the role players in those two games in la and you would uh at, at least hope and, and maybe even expect that that lebron and ad kind of continue continue this upward trajectory from game one to game two and, and do the same thing in, in game three and game four as they're getting healthier um and kind of adjusting to the series and figuring out their spots against a really good Suns team. Um, again, like not to take anything away from the Suns, who are a great team and, and are surely going to adjust to the Lakers and, and come out and, and fight really hard again in game three. But the optimistic viewpoint, I think, is that the Lakers did not play a very, very good game at all. And still, for the majority of this game, they were in control, mm-hmm. weren't able to pull away. Uh, until the very end, but they were in control of the game uh, pretty much until that stretch in the fourth quarter. So um, I, I think there's a lot of promising signs, a lot of positive signs, but um, obviously it still comes down to executing and, and continuing to get better in the next few games. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about it just because, you know, it's it's another, it's more reps for LeBron and AD and, and, and Dennis and, uh, you know, as 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 many things that they corrected in this game there were there's still a lot of room for growth i mean outside of four guys ad at 34 dennis had 24 lebron 23 drummond 15 outside of that i mean you had gasol score six Crusoe have four kuzma two taylor horton tucker one i mean that was it outside of those four guys so um a lot of room for for other guys to make some shots but uh kcp went scoreless tonight but go figure Looking just looking at the single game plus you know the plus minus for tonight, KCP was a game uh, a game high uh, I believe or he's a Laker high with a plus nineteen going scoreless, which you know some of that is obviously you know predicated on kind of what lineups you're playing with and stuff like that. Yeah. But I do I did think he actually did a pretty damn good job defensively tonight. Uh, that's kind of a tough uh, that's a really tough assignment. Um, I was really hoping he would pull the trigger on that, that three right before uh, the three he passed up uh, that could have been mm-hmm. a dagger that he passed to Dennis. Uh, and I don't think Dennis was uh, re- ready for him to, to pass that over to him. He looked kind of surprised by it. And then LeBron obviously kind of gave him a, a little little talking to after that, which I love to see because that's real leadership. Um, you could tell yeah. LeBron, you could you could see it, see him uh, mouth the words, I want you to shoot. And mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, KCP definitely looked gun shy after missing a couple shots and uh, just, he passed up some good looks and the Lakers are going to need him to be himself and just keep shooting, man. The only way you can, you know, the only way you can shoot your way out of a slump or whatever is to continue to take shots. You, and the only way you're going to make shots is if you keep taking them, you got to mm-hmm. keep, keep taking them. And, you know, as a shooter, as a shooter, all, all he needs is, is to see one go in. And I, I, on that possession, I, you know, remember thinking this would be a perfect time to get KCP a look 
where there's no really no pressure. It's like if you make it, it's a big lift. And he had it. I mean, he had a clean clean look, and he and he passed on it. I was really disappointed because I thought if KCP yep. can get a get a look here and he can hit it, I think that'll do wonders for his confidence going into the next game. But uh, I think LeBron showing the belief in him after that. Uh, I, I I have a feeling we're, we're going to see KCP bounce back in in game three. Uh, you know, yeah. Lakers Twitter. We don't need to bully him again. But <laughs> like, uh, I'm confident KCP is going to figure it out and he'll he'll bounce back. Um, as long as he keeps playing good defense on you know on Devin Booker, uh, Booker was seven of seventeen I believe in this game. So, uh, you know you, you live with that. And Booker yeah. didn't hit a single three in this game. That's huge. Uh, if you can keep the Suns from hitting threes, I think overall you'll be fine. So, um, Lakers got plays where they needed them, but now you go go back home. There's going to be some fans in the stands. Hopefully, some of these role players uh, you know play a little bit better at home and. Give the Lakers a little more added support uh, in Game Three, and the Lakers can take control of this series and go up two-one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and to your point, I, I think the worst thing that KCP can do is to stop shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just because we we want him to get back into form and start hitting some of those threes, but uh, in that starting lineup, especially, he is the shooter. Like he is right. the singular guy that is the source of spacing. Um, for that lineup other than, you know, a, a LeBron pull-up threat or an occasional Dennis three. But uh, KCP is the guy that, that provides that threat. And as soon as he stops shooting, then that means that, that he doesn't get defended uh, um, as closely. And that means that there's less space for LeBron and AD and Drummond and Shooter to operate in the paint. Um, it's just really important to be that threat. It's probably even more important than making the threes is to just be that threat. Right. Obviously, we want him to start hitting some of these. He missed a lot of open looks that you would expect him to hit. It's That's going to turn around because he's too good of a shooter to keep missing. Um, but, you know, the, the confidence, like you said, the, the confidence to keep taking those shots is really, really crucial um, for, for the, you know, just, just the flow of the Lakers offense, man. Like, it, it just, it really mucks things up a whole lot when, the guy that is a you know forty percent shooter or whatever he was this year um, doesn't take an open three. It, it just it completely throws everything off. Yeah, I would have liked to see the Lakers when Phoenix had to kind of play the foul game at the end there, get the ball to KCP. I was hoping they could get him some free throws just so he could see yeah. one go through the net, um, you know, and get kind of an easy an easy one. So, um, but yeah. Uh, you know, he, he definitely contributed in other ways outside of the shooting. So don't want to, you know, bag on KCP or anything because I still have full belief in him. But uh, defensively, I thought he was really good tonight. And he, you know, got after some loose balls and stuff like that. And um, just got to get the shot making to come around. If he if he does that and, you know, you get Dennis to play uh, the way, way he did today, I mean, I, I think it'll be a wrap uh, at that point. Uh, the Lakers will be so tough to beat uh, for this yeah. Phoenix Suns team. Um, and that's not to take away from them. I just think if, if the Lakers get two or three guys that perform well outside of LeBron and AD, I mean, they're just going to be incredibly difficult for any team to beat. So, um, yeah. so yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, it's encouraging that they can get a lot more from the other guys. Um, and they, they still found a way to win the game and scored 109 points in the process, which was 19 more than the last game. So um, encouraging stuff, encouraging stuff. And ultimately it's a, kind of a weight lifted off the shoulders, a little sigh of relief that they're not down 0-2. Hopefully they don't treat it like that and they don't relax coming into game three because this Suns team is probably going to, you know, play 
you know, play with, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say desperation, but a, a sense of urgency knowing that they got to get one in L.A. now because they certainly don't want to be down 3-1. And, you know, Lakers are going to have to show their championship fortitude and their, their championship uh, toughness. And, you know, they're going to have to put these guys on the ropes. You know, the, the Suns aren't going to back into a corner for them. So they gotta, they're got going to have to do it by just taking care of business at home. You know, that's what, yep. what it boils down to. So... Um, all right, I don't have any more thoughts on that without uh, diving into the chat, so we can dive into uh, the chat comments. Uh, I noticed that Debo Sam on YouTube, uh, you were talking a lot of shit after game one. I haven't seen you in the chat. Um, just just wondering, I told you to keep that same energy if uh, the Lakers won game two. I haven't seen you. So, must have gone to bed early. Oh, that reminds me. I got to go. There was a dude in our mentions, too, on Twitter. Uh, the day after game one, complaining about me sending a tweet during the game about Caruso making some nice defensive plays in a row. It's like, oh, he got torched by Booker. I'm like, okay, but in the moment, <laughs> he was not getting torched by Booker. He's like, well, wait until the end of the game to tweet. I'm like, well, that kind of defeats the purpose of my <laughs> tweeting again. Uh, so I got to go back and, and talk about that a little bit. Too. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, let's dive into these chat questions. Uh, We got asked, uh, do you guys prefer Denver or Portland in round two? Um, Wow, that's actually a really tough question. Um, I think I lean towards Portland um, because I think the Lakers have a better uh, sort of recipe to beat them. Uh, I mean, last year they really did not have much trouble with them other than that other than the the game one which really mainly was a factor of the lakers missing a lot of shots yep. uh was the reason they lost that game uh easily could have been a sweep uh, and, and they didn't even play well in that game one i'm not really trying to say anything like that but they, they could have beaten them with with just some shot making um i think that they are very well equipped to slow down damian lillard um, he's a guy that historically has struggled against uh, double teams, and the Lakers do a damn good job of uh, throwing double teams at, at those sort of lead guards. They did it all of the last playoffs. They've done it uh, against Booker at times in this series. I think they kind of have that recipe down. Um, the Nuggets, I think, are, are definitely beatable as well because they don't have a guy in Jamal Murray, so everything has to go through Jokic. Um but Jokic has just been so incredible this season that if they can avoid playing against them, I would take that. And I think um, I think the Lakers have players that can guard him one-on-one and do a good job. Uh, Marcus all comes to mind, like that game that, that they beat the Nuggets late in the season. Um, Gasol's defense on him was huge. But he's also just – he's such a difference maker. Um, and not to say that Dame isn't, but I think that the Lakers just have a – better way of, of slowing Dame down and not getting burned by it um, than they do Jokic. Because if, you know, double-teaming Jokic is just sort of out of the question because man can pass anywhere on the floor and find mm-hmm. an open teammate. So um, I guess my preference would be the Blazers. It's not by a lot, but uh, I, I would feel more confident about that too than I would a Nuggets one. I will say let's get there first. And then, because yeah. uh, we still, I mean... We got one win against the Suns. You know, we got to get three more. So let's get there first. I don't personally really have a preference. I, I probably agree with Hani. I guess I'd probably lean more towards Portland just because I don't really. 
I don't know. Jokic is just such a matchup nightmare because it doesn't matter how many bigs you throw at the guy. I mean, he's such a great facilitator. He can score from anywhere on the floor. He can score in a number of ways. Um, whereas, you know, Lillard is obviously a matchup nightmare as well, but um, I think the Lakers are probably a little better equipped to handle uh, someone like that uh, as, as opposed to Jokic, which, I mean, you want to try and put AD on him, but uh, that also takes a lot of energy to, to put Anthony Davis on him. I think either way, the Lakers would be fine, in all honesty, because Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray. That makes it a little bit easier. Um, and I just I haven't been a big believer in Portland much of this year, um, and, and watching them struggle to beat the Lakers at home in a, essentially a must-win game uh, near the end of the season there without uh, without LeBron, without Dennis. Uh, you know, I, I'm not overly worried about them. Like To me, this is a tougher challenge than what they will probably see in round two if they get there. Because the Suns team yeah. is legitimately really good. So, well, let's get there first. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Uh, AD was huge with Schroeder and uh, Drummond came up big today. Yep, we highlighted that. Uh, those two were, were fantastic in this game. 26 bench points last game to only 13 this game. Got to fix that. And, you know, 100% agree with that. They just got to get more um, outside of the four that, that played really well today. There just wasn't much scoring anywhere else. So, and, and we talked about that uh, earlier, you know, just playing at home is, is a little more a little more comfortable probably for role players uh, in the playoffs to kind of, you know, step into those shots with a little more confidence and, and get a little rhythm and just have more energy uh, feeding off of your home fans and just playing at your on your home, uh, home floor. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Uh, were you surprised by Keith getting early minutes in the first quarter and that he was playing inside? Do you think that that was mainly a product of AD being in foul trouble or that could be something Vogel looks at more? Um, I was surprised um, because uh, after game one, you know, he didn't play in game one and I didn't feel like um, I, I didn't feel like he was necessarily missed. I didn't think he was the, the missing factor that would have led to them winning that game. Um, I kind of thought of it as maybe just bringing some some toughness inside. I think that that's probably one of Keith's biggest attributes is that he's a guy that, uh, despite being a little bit smaller than the guys that he usually guards, um, uh, is going to bring that toughness and isn't going to back down, and I think that's huge. Um, and if he adds, you know, a, a couple of threes here and there or, or some post-up buckets when, when the offense sputters, then that's great, but that's sort of just an extra. Um, I don't think he had a really good showing in this game, um, so I wouldn't really expect him to get minutes uh, going forward unless AD is in, like, bigger foul trouble. Um, I don't know if that's the reason why Vogel went to him because I don't think AD's foul trouble really changed the rotations much in this yeah. game. He, he kind of played with the two fouls and then was uh, smart with it going forward. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the reasoning was um, for it. Uh, maybe it was just... Uh, because Mark uh, Gasol was coming in, maybe it was just a, a front court partner that he thought would work well with uh, Mark, which makes some sense to me. Um, but uh, given how he played and, and sort of, um, you know, not not really having a huge contribution in this game, I wouldn't expect them to get minutes in Game Three um, again, unless there's there's some sort of extra, you know, injury or foul trouble or whatever. I thought it was kind of a funky 
combination. Uh, I mean, maybe they were going for just some some more additional floor spacing, but it's kind of weird because I think Markeith is better as like a perimeter threat big, and you know, with Gasol yeah. out there, Gasol is kind of the same way, where he's going to do a lot of damage from the perimeter. I would have liked to seen uh, Montrez Harrell uh, at, at in Markeith's place because I thought. I think this is just a. I, I like this matchup a lot for Trez, um, and I, I thought he played really well in Game One, and I would like to see him get some more minutes. But he was kind of the odd man out in a very deep big man rotation. Um, mm-hmm. I, to me, it was just Frank Vogel trying something different and seeing, you know, see maybe I got something here, and you know, got to try it and and see what I got, and you know, didn't didn't really get a whole lot out of it, but you know, it was a pretty brief stint, so um, I don't know. I, I think it was just to try something different, see see kind of what you got, and. You know, if it turned out, you, you know, you had something working there, then great. And if not, um, pretty, you know, it's fairly low risk, you know. So um, yeah. I thought it was, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was worth, worth giving a look at least. And, uh, you know, it, it was all right, I guess. So, yeah. And he's definitely tinkering. Like this is now two straight games where he puts THC in in the first half to see if he can give them anything and then pulls a plug in the second half and doesn't play him at all. So um, he's definitely kind of looking at, at, what each player might be able to contribute in a, in a certain lineup or, or against a certain opponent, which makes a, a lot of sense early in a series. Yeah, he also added uh, LeBron in the post would have been interesting with uh, Marquise spacing the floor in those minutes, uh, along with Mark initiating and spacing the floor. Yeah, I think that would be, you know, a, a pretty interesting look as well. You get you know maybe LeBron some opportunity to operate out of the post, maybe closer to the basket um, while utilizing. Uh, you know, better floor spacing and having two potential big guys that can also shoot the ball. And, you know, with that, I mean, that'd be with, with Phoenix's lack of size, I think something like that uh, could, could be beneficial. It could be successful because you're basically probably going to have a smaller guy guarding either Markeith Morris or LeBron. And if you have a smaller guy guarding LeBron in the post, then you're most likely going to have to double um, with the Lakers facing the floor. And that gets, that gets kind of tricky. So, I mean, that's, that's not a bad idea. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the Lakers have options. They certainly have yeah. options. And we, we highlighted that going into the series that I think just their big man rotation and the, the, the amount of bodies they have compared to how many bodies Phoenix has uh, with their front court rotation and just the, the size difference um, favors the Lakers pretty heavily and they can do a number of different things. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's one thing that, you know, out of probably a number of things that they could definitely try in the series. Yeah, and to that point, I think um, I feel like, you know, just – completely speculatively um that a point of emphasis for the lakers in, in their film sessions and practice um before game three is going to be the fact that they managed to get a lot of uh well at, at least quite a few um switches for lebron where he was being guarded by a guy like Devin booker um and for whatever reason he didn't really take advantage of those situations yeah i was getting um, frustrated by that yeah, I, I mean, I think part of it is is maybe looking at different uh, mismatches, uh, like you know, a- a- AD maybe having a smaller guy on him and, and trying to get AD going, um, or maybe it was a factor of the spacing and he didn't really feel comfortable like posting up or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, whatever that is, I, I think that is uh, something that they really need to look at because it looked like an area where they might be able to really take advantage of the Suns' defense, and it never really. Um, came to fruition other than some jumpers over guys that are smaller than him, which is fine, but LeBron is obviously at his best when he's getting to the basket um, or forcing double teams and then passing out of them. And it wasn't happening uh, as much as you would have expected given how how the Suns were playing it. Yeah, 100%. So, 
Uh, all right, last thing before we sign off, uh, what's uh, what's kind of an adjustment you want to see the Lakers uh, make f- from game two to game three? Um, make more open three-pointers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all want. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I think that is a huge part of it is, is just hitting those threes. I think they're getting good looks for the most part in their offense. Um the thing that I just you know mentioned about about LeBron being able to attack those switches is uh, big for me. The other thing I think is um, we're not seeing quite as much uh, of just a LeBron and AD like pick and roll game uh, um, as you would expect. Part of that is because AD hasn't really played as a, a five a, a whole lot in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to see that more because I think that leads to. Just better looks for AD because even even the plays where he's going to the basket in this game was him really facing up uh, on a post up or whatever and then attacking, which is fine. But it also leads to uh, a lot of those possessions where he gets played for that and and then he's settling for jumpers. And right now the jump shot just isn't quite there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know it's as simple as it sounds. Getting your two best players in a two man game uh, against two Suns defenders is a good strategy. Um, and it's something that we haven't really seen them do a whole lot of. Even when they do it, it's usually just um, forcing a switch and then and then attacking that mismatch rather than going and, and getting that sort of pick and roll game going and driving into the paint. Yeah, I would say two things. Uh, one is trying to get Anthony Davis the ball uh, either on the on the move a little bit more or just utilizing those LeBron and AD pick and rolls because, like you said, honey. Good things were were coming out of those, you know. Whether you, you got the switch that you wanted, and you got kind of a, a smaller guy guarding Anthony Davis, or or whatever. Good things generally come out of that that set, and it's such a simple thing to run with, you know, two top five players that are both just matchup nightmares for most teams. And um, yeah, so I, I'd like to see that a little bit more. I'd like to see Anthony Davis get the ball on the move a little bit more and not just throw it to him in the post and then clear out. Uh, it's just not good offense. It's, I don't think it's, you know, what he's probably comfortable with, you know, I mean, it's, he's a guy, right. That, that grew up essentially playing a, you know, a guard spot. And then he went through a yeah. big growth spurt late in his childhood and became a big guy. So, you know, I think you see a lot of those guard tendencies still in his game. So, you know, let's get him the ball on the move a little bit more and, and, you know, kind of in motion and rhythm and, and not just a stationary, here you go, here's the ball. And now we're going to move out. So just do your thing. Um, it's just some players are, are built that way and that's all you got to do. But um, I think he's more successful when he, he's catching the ball um, in, in motion or, you know, his jumpers. I, I like his jumpers a lot more when it's on the catch um, than, than off the dribble. But um, yeah, just let's get, get him the ball kind of, in motion a little bit more, get him going maybe towards the basket on some cuts, um, some lobs, stuff like that, and I think they'll be better. The other thing is, I, I mentioned it once already, but I'd like to see Trez get minutes. I still really believe in, in this matchup for him, and I think uh, he should get more minutes. I was kind of hoping that he would basically play in Bar Keefe's uh, spot tonight and see what he had in this game, but I, I get why why Vogel uh, tried something different and and going with Markeith, but I would like to see Trez get more minutes. I think this is just, uh, you know, I'm going to say it probably 100 times before the series is over. I think this is a good matchup for him, and I think there's a lot of good things he can do out of that dunker spot, and he can, you know, generate extra possessions for the Lakers on the glass and and be uh, kind of a nightmare when the Lakers are able to drive. And and we saw, I don't know, maybe LeBron was a little more comfortable, I guess, driving to the basket with with Trez out there knowing 
uh, he could dump it off to Trez, and Trez would probably finish inside or it will get fouled yeah. or whatever it is. So um, I'd like to see him get some more minutes going forward. Yeah, I think there was one lineup they played, uh, I want to say just in the fourth quarter, where it was LeBron out there, um, and the only big was Drummond. And and the Suns were playing small, and I was like, that that's a perfect spot for Trez to be in there instead of Dre. Um, so yeah, I, I think I don't think it's a lot of minutes that that Trust can play in this uh, series, but I think there are certain lineups where he makes a whole lot of sense based on how the Suns are playing as well. Yeah. Um, so I would, yeah, I would love that. I would love um, Vogel sort of optimizing that big man rotation even more. I think all three of the centers can can truly play in the series. Um, I think Dr- Drummond can start. I think Marcus Hall can be in there when when LeBron isn't. And then when LeBron comes back in without AD, then then Trust can be in there. And I f- um, and I feel like the Lakers can maximize Drummond a little bit more by almost shortening his stints a little bit and by utilizing yeah. all those bigs that they have in the rotation and keeping him fresh and keeping him you know as a high energy, high motor player that can you know grab defensive and offensive rebounds, you know secure the basketball, create extra possessions. Um, he had, uh, you know, a really nice play where he, he dove to the, the center of the lane and LeBron hit him with mm-hmm. a good bounce pass. You know, I think he can do more of that stuff if he's a little more fresh and you avoid those really long stints for him. Um, because, you know, I mean, I, I just, there's, there's just some players that are going to be better when they play in shorter bursts. I mean, I think we saw a little with Alex Crusoe last year where he, you know, people were, you know, clamoring for more minutes. And I, you know, I think I was one of them, but um, we kind of understood that, it wasn't something he had done in his career. Like he had slowly kind of progressed uh, to a bigger role each season. And you didn't want to just go from like, Oh, he played 15 minutes this year to he's playing 33 minutes uh, the next year. You know, it's, you kind of have to ease into it. And I think with Drummond, it's, it's, it's a similar thing where if you shorten the stints a little bit and maybe you, he gets more of them, but just kind of more shorter bursts, like maybe five minutes or so at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he can be a little, little more efficient um and we could see more performances like the one we saw today where he was really really good for this team um and i think he can be impactful on both ends of the floor i was just really glad to see him play well um given you know the crap he's had to deal with i think uh with all the outside outside noise of, of getting blamed for stuff that i didn't think was was warranted so um just would like to see the lakers utilize that big man rotation to take it to their advantage and keep these guys fresh and um, you know, uh, just put them in th- those types of positions to succeed because they don't have to to wear these guys out. I mean, Anthony Davis is the only guy that should be playing uh, heavy minutes because he, obviously he's a top five player. So, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, game three Thursday, seven o'clock p.m. Pacific time on TNT. Obviously, a huge game. Lakers look to go up two one in the series. And, uh, you know, they get two days off after that. Uh, they don't play until Sunday afternoon on for game four. So, you know, all I'm asking for the Lakers, adjustments or not, I mean, I do want to say before we sign off, credit to Frank Vogel for sticking with Andre Drummond, um, but also trying different things with his big man rotation, getting Mark Gasol and Markeith Morris in there. Um, you know, we, we've said it, you know, for a year now that, we saw last year's playoff run that Frank Vogel is willing to make tough decisions and, you know, hurt some feelings and make, you know, big lineup changes in the playoffs that he needed. But he stuck with Drummond today and it paid off in a big way um, while also, you know, getting Marc Gasol and, and Marquise Morris out there. And 
yep. you know, make, making some good decisions that ultimately helped the Lakers uh, get out of there with, with the 1-1 split that they needed and come back come back home to L.A. with a chance to uh, win two at home and, and try to go up 3-1. So, um, all right, well, that is going to do it for us this time. Thank you to everybody that followed along and, and hopped in the chat with us. Always appreciate you guys. Uh, Debo Sam, still waiting for you to hop in the chat. You must be getting some good sleep tonight. But, um, you know, I don't know. Just keep that same energy. That's all I'm going to say. So... Yeah, we're going to sign off. Big, big win for the Lakers. Great, just a great night for Lakers fans in general. Everything, you know, got all three legs of the Triple Crown that we needed tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight was just beautiful. So uh, hopefully uh, we get more nights like this uh, in the postseason as the Lakers, uh, you know, continue their quest to defend their title. But we'll be back Thursday night, so you guys enjoy your Tuesday night. Uh, and all of your Wednesday, of course, and we'll see you guys hopefully Thursday night. But um, as always, we'll be doing the, these uh, post-game shows live on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders uh, over on YouTube as well and on facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders. Uh, so if you want to watch and follow along live and hop in the chat, uh, those are the three uh, platforms you can follow, subscribe, uh, do whatever uh, you need to do to follow along. And then... Um, you can follow Hani on Twitter, as you see on the screen there, at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. You can follow me at Twitter, just at Gary Kester. And, uh, yeah, you guys have a good night. Uh, take care. We'll see you in about 48 hours uh, after Game 3, and hopefully we're talking about another Laker win. And, uh, yeah, so until next time, with Hani Amadi and I am Gary Kester and the Lakers Outsiders, signing off. Shout out to Ronnie Price.